0: Hey guys, RJ here. While we maintain that our podcast is suitable for the whole family, the music by one or more of the artists mentioned by us in this episode may not be suitable for young listeners. Also, I would like to give fair warning that one of the band names mentioned in this episode does contain a reference to the leader of the World War II Axis power, so I guess just in general, listener discretion is advised. With that said, let's get on to today's episode. Hello everybody and welcome back to Cedar Country, Yaa, yeah, yeah. I am your co-host RJ, and I'm Ray, he's your other co-host just in case you weren't aware, I think they got it. I don't know. Unless you'd like to be an honorary guest star, yeah, Um, I'm. I'm a permanent guest star. (laughs) Permanent guest star. (laughs) Um, All right. So I was planning on this episode being the next step in the evolution of what would become country music because we're not quite there yet. Uh, Last we left off was the Revolutionary War. I think is where we left off. However, yours truly completely forgot that he was supposed to research that so instead uh, we're just doing this one off the cuff uh, we did come up with a sort of an idea to talk about but other than that we're, I guess we're just gonna kind of see where this train takes us So what we're going to start with today is talking about country acts, country artists or bands, maybe. From my understanding from this Wikipedia page, it looks like it's probably just going to be people, not bands particularly, which makes sense because, I mean, you can't, I mean, you can if they're all are whatever, it's unimportant, but it's going to be, um, country acts that uh, originated from our home state of Michigan, shown a little love. Uh, home state pride. So, woot. um, <laughs> woot, woot. So, if you were to ask people, um, what the biggest states are in the music making industry, the first three are pretty obvious. You're going to have, uh, obviously, this is a country music podcast. So, of course, I'm going to mention Tennessee is the big one for country music, particularly, but there are other, there are like, uh, uh several rock bands I know from there and stuff. But, the, so in general, for all, across all music genres, the three biggest states Offhand, and this includes things like Broadway and stuff. They're going to be. Guess? Yeah, go ahead. What are the, What do you think is the three it, states um, are? Obviously, I said Tennessee. So it's it, a little late. well. Tennessee, California, New York. That is correct. The three biggest states are Tennessee, California, and New York. Actually, fun little fact I learned this past semester in one of my class in my music and entertainment business class. Tennessee is actually the biggest state for uh, independent records, like record labels. Oh, well, that's kind of neat. Yeah. So, but the, that's, the, una- there's, that's- your, there's your fun trivia question. There's your fun useless trivia question that that will never pop up on trivia night unless you're doing a music trivia night, I guess, maybe. But anyways, there used to be a different state that would probably come to people's minds back in the '60s or '70s uh, when it came to what are the big states for music, and that would be Michigan, uh, Motown, Detroit, the home of. I mean Motown, which is it, basically its own genre. Um, when you think country music, particularly the singing and like when you imagine those artists talking, stereotypically you have these these deep, nice southern accents. So you get a little bit of Tennessee, a little bit of, a lot of Texas, a little bit of I mean, might even I mean, because country music also have like Cajun, and I mean that originates from Louisiana, so basically from the South, our state, at least our area of the state, there's a big love of country music. There's a lot of country music stations. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, you Ray, about something I just saw the other day because, like, uh, I I go to college uh, in Big Rapids, and when I go up there, I see oh so many, and I even see them all the way. I mean, I started seeing more and more down here because I've noticed them. Probably, but, um, I see oh so many bumper stickers for Big Country, is the name of the station they have up there. Like, an inordinate amount of bumper stickers for that music station. And I mean, down here, we've mentioned it before, throw out big love to uh, our favorite home station, B93. Or there's, the, one, there's, there's that
1: new station, that 107.3, that I see
0: advertisements for That was everywhere. what I was going to mention. I was, so I guess we can talk about that now. I, um... Where we live down the road, a little bit south, heading towards Grand Rapids on 14 mile or M57, I think it is, yeah. right? Yeah. There is a, uh, a movie theater. It's the closest one to where we live that, uh, you know, shows movies when they come out, but they have like a smaller selection because it's not as many seats. It's not like your AMC theaters or whatever. Uh, but I went and used the uh, rest, the restroom facilities there and, uh, I was, standing there in my little stall, and I look up, and in their little advertising thing that's right there, it says, make the switch, Thunder 107.3, which is one you were talking about. Nobody plays
1: more country.
0: Nobody plays more country. And I was like, wow, I had actually never heard of it until this point, and I was also a little mad, because, I mean, I don't know the accuracy of that statement, but that used to be the slogan for the longest time for B-93. You know, now it's now they just say it's West Michigan's country, I think, is their tagline. But yeah. it used to be, B-93, nobody plays more country. I remember, like, you know, when they go to, like, Faster Horses or they have a show at the Van Andel, they'll have fans, like, they'll record fans saying, you're listening to B-93. Woo. You know, you've heard it. Yeah, um, of course. So, but they, I remember back in the day, it used to be nobody play. they would say, nobody plays more country. And that was kind of the tagline. Um, but it's, I guess it's, they changed it to West Michigan's country, I think, or something like that. Um, but those aren't the only two stations around here. There's also, um, I don't remember the FM signal number particularly. I'm going to throw a dart at the wall with a guess and say it's 92.5. Um, uh, it's called Nash Icon, I think. 94.5. 94-5. 94-5? 94.5? No, that's not it. Who is it? It isn't. A- but anyway, so those are. So there's there's definitely a big audience for – because we just listed basically off the top of our heads like five five different country music stations around here. There's definitely a big audience for country music. But when it comes to country music artists, there seems to not be a lot of prominent names in country music that come from anywhere north of like Virginia. And we're well north of Virginia. In fact – I mentioned it before in an earlier episode, but there's this kind of subgenre of pseudo-country when you get up north. Uh I mentioned the artist De Yupers, and it has like its its own like youper style of music. it's like a comedy troupe that does heavy, heavy comedic youper accents, but it kind of feels like a sort of country because country music is primarily about, you know, the um it's about like live instruments, like not electronic. For the most part I mean, you can get some modern country music but we aren't we don't we aren't here to talk about that today we've talked about that a little bit before but so that's it's we definitely have history of country music and that's I guess it's the first artist that we can bring up uh while it's not strictly country in at all um as an artist they weren't really prominent but my dad's got two CDs de d a y-o-o-p-e-r-s youper is slang for somebody that lives in the upper peninsula also called the up of michigan for those of you who don't know which i assume uh is probably going to be a lot of you listening so the most famous song i've ever heard by them is actually a christmas song granted like half of one of the albums that my dad has is like christmas songs or related to christmas but it's called rusty chevrolet and it's a parody of Jingle Bells talking about a car that they're driving that's like falling apart as they're driving down the road. Uh, I've heard that one on the radio and that's the only one I've ever heard on the radio. The rest of them I've only ever heard on the CDs. Although I would really, I do really like, there's a song. There's actually two songs. There's a second part to it, but it's called the second week of deer camp. And I really like it. It's a funny song. Uh, so that's kind of the, uh, the first artist, I guess. And then so I'm going to more go. Th- there's probably, I don't know, 20 at best. And so I'm just going through their Wikipedia pages. So this is going to be us talking about and going through the different artists that are prominent artists in country music from Michigan. Uh, first up, and this it's all alphabetical by last name, obviously, is Pete Anderson. Uh, he's a guitarist, producer, arranger, songwriter. is most known for his guitar work with and critically acclaimed production of Dwight Yoakam, from 1984 through 2002. On guitar, he plays a variety of styles, including country, western, rock, rockabilly, soul, blues, flamenco, Tex-Mex, pretty much all country-adjacent artists. Uh, He's worked with Dwight Yoakam, Roy Orbison, The Meat Puppets, Jackson Brown, Michelle Schacht, Buck Owens, Katie Lang, Steve Pryor Band, Lonesome Strangers, Lucinda Williams. And in 2010, he produced Mark Chestnut's album, Outlaw. Uh, he's got seven solo albums, Working Class, Dogs in Heaven, Live at Ohio University, Daredevil, Even Things Up, Birds Above, Guitarland, and Live at the Moose, the most recent one being in 2015. So I'm actually going to jump up ahead because at least as far as I know, there's like one artist here that there's a couple. I see another name that I recognize. There's actually not a lot of names I recognize, to be honest. Um, but this is part of what it's all about is, you know, learning. So we have Randy Barlow. Uh, he's from Detroit. He released four albums between 1976 and 83, uh, including three for Republic Records. He charted 20 singles on the Billboard US Country Charts, including a string of four songs in a row, which all reached number 10. So his four albums are Arrival, Fall In Love With Me, Randy Barlow featuring Sweet Melinda, and Dimensions. Uh, and then we have Anita Cochran. She made her debut on the country charts uh, in 1997 with her first album, Back to You, with the hit single What If I Said, which was a duet with country artist Steve Warner, uh which reached number one in early 1998, producing not only Anita's first number one overall, but also Warrener's first number one since 1989. Uh, won Best Vocal Collaboration at the TNN Music City News People's Choice Awards. Although she never charted at least so far on the top 40 on country charts. Again, she recorded a second album for Warren Bros. titled Anita before leaving the label to pursue other career opportunities. She appeared in the movie, the Dukes of hazard in Hollywood starring as Tom Wopat's love interest, which included four of her original songs. She was, she's from South lion, Michigan. Uh, Pete Anderson, by the way, is from Detroit as well. Uh, and then we have Stephen Cochran. Uh, doesn't say if there's any relation, in 2009, he was named as a spokesman for the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Research and Development. He was raised in Waterford, Michigan. because some of his students' close friends are from that time in his life and considers Michigan just as much a hometown as Kentucky and Tennessee. So he's basically from Michigan, although I don't know if that's actually where he was born. He's had five albums, uh, a self-titled album, Stephen Cochran, uh, Leaving Louisiana, Pieces, Stephen Cochran Project and American Loser, which actually just came out in 2017. And then we have Leroy Drum, who passed away in November 2010, was a bluegrass country music songwriter who served in the Navy in the 3rd Division as a sonar man aboard the USS Soli, an Alan M. Sumner-class destroyer, and deployed to the Mediterranean from July 1956 to February 1957. Uh, He co-wrote with Pete Goble the song Colleen Malone, recorded by Hot Rise on a take it home in 1991. He's from Algonic, Michigan. Doesn't seem like he recorded any albums, but several singles, like a lot of singles. So, actually, I guess it's not all just artists. Um, this is a band. Uh, the band's name is Elvis Hitler. I'm just gonna let that one sink in. Um, let's just keep moving on. They're an American Psychobilly slash Hellbilly band from Detroit. Hell, Hellbilly? Hellbilly. And we could, we'll probably, we might talk about this. Um, It's more prominently known as Gothabilly. Uh, It's an offshoot of Psychobilly, influenced by the goth subculture. The name is a portmanteau word combining goth and rockabilly, first used by the Cramps in the late 1970s to describe their somber blend of rockabilly and punk rock. Since then, the term has come to describe a fashion style influenced by gothic fashion, as seen as its use in black silk satins, lace and velvet, corsets, top hats, antique jewelry, PVC, and leather. Uh, but psychobilly, uh, by the way, is a rock music fusion genre mixing elements of rockabilly and punk rock. So, the free dictionary.com defines it as loud, frantic rockabilly music, while According to about.com, it takes the traditional country-fied rock style known as rockabilly, ramping up its speed to a sweaty pace, and combining it with punk rock and imagery lifted from horror films and late-night sci-fi schlock, (laughs) creating a gritty honky-tonk punk rock. So, that's kind of the music that they knew. They have made three CDs, which, oh, I guess I actually have four. So but I mean this is Wikipedia. So they're active until looks like about Oh, ninety oh they're it says they're active till ninety-two. So maybe this last one is just a compilation album, but their last release was in nineteen ninety-four. So they're it's Disgraceland, Hellbilly. This is all one word, and I think it's supposed to be a play on Super Calfragilistic Uh Super Satomasochistic yeah. And then From Hell to Eternity, so yep. Yeah. So that's 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 a un- band that exists. Um, oh, really? Okay, we'll, we'll get back to that one. So that's a surprise for me. So there are several. Now that I'm scrolling through and actually looking, because I was only glancing, I'm seeing several names I do recognize. So I'm going to save those. and I'm going to go through, because I'm going to go through all of them. Um, then we have Rod Hart. He was a one-hit wonder in 1977, released CB Savage, which charted on both the magazine pop and country charts. It's an answer song to Convoy. Okay, it was the song was a gay-themed takeoff on the Citizen's Band radio fad and featured a smoky highway patrolman pretending to be a gay truck driver over the CB radio. The patrolman's masquerade distracts a lead trucker in a convoy who was listening to him, allowing the highway patrol to bust the five-truck convoy for speeding. AllMusic called it, quote, one of the most bizarre country novelty hits of all time, end quote. He also wrote music enacted in the 1970s Steve McQueen rodeo film Junior Bonner. He wrote two songs for the movie and appeared in the barroom brawl scene. Uh, The only album that shows they ever released was Breakeroo, from 1977. Then we have Harlan Howard, uh, who was an American songwriter principally in country music uh, in a career spanning six decades. Was married to country singer Jan Howard. Uh, He's from Detroit. So after a few minor successes, his song Pick Me Up On Your Way Down, was recorded by Charlie Walker and went to number two on the charts in late 1958, 1959. Ray Price had a hit with the song he wrote called "Heartbreaks by the Number," um, and a pop version of the song Heart performed.
1: By the number. Heartbreaks
0: by and then a pop version of the song performed by Guy Mitchell went to number one on the pop chart, and he moved to Nashville, so it uh, makes sense. Uh, among his biggest hits is "I Fall to Pieces," co-written by Hank Cochran and recorded by Patsy Cline. Klein and Candy Staten also recorded his He Called Me Baby, which was later a number one country and western hit for Charlie Rich's She Called Me Baby. And then, though not often thought of as a writers of rhythm and blues songs, Howard wrote Joe Simon's number one R&B chart hit, The Choking Kind, a million-selling record in 1969. He also wrote the classic Kingston trio song Everglades and the song Busted, originally hit for both Ray Charles and Johnny Cash, and later hit for John Conley. He used the song to create awareness for Feed the Children. Uh, the song The Wall, which became a hit for Johnny Cash on his album Orange Blossom Special, as well as his Live at Folsom Prison album. So, Harlan Howard formulated the oft quoted definition of a great country song Three Chords and the Truth. He was inducted in the National Songwriters Hall of Fame in 73, Country Music Hall of Fame in 97, Songwriters Hall of Fame in, also in 97. He died in Nashville in 2002 at age 74. He released six albums, it looks like. Harlan Howard sings Harlan Howard. All-Time Favorite Country Songwriter, Mr. Songwriter, Down to Earth, To the Silent Majority, With Love, and then Singer and Songwriter. All right, so the next artist we have Ryan Hurd. He's from Kalamazoo. He is obviously a singer and songwriter. He has written number one singles for Blake Shelton and Luke Bryan, and he records for RCA Records Nashville. Uh, he met his future wife, Maren Morris, while writing the ballad Last Turn Home for uh, Tim McGraw. So, Maren Morris has become a prominent name in the country music scene as of late. She had uh, – my favorite song of hers um, that she put out was her really big hit a couple years ago, uh, My Church. Which is uh, – I really like the concept. It's basically talking about, like, the radio being her church. Like, like the line that comes to mind when Hank leads the sermon – and cash leads the choir. It gets my cold, cold heart burning hotter than a ring of fire. <laughs> it's really, it's really it's a really good yeah, song. Yeah, it's a good song. But anyways, so that's his wife. And then he wrote the song Last Turn Home for Tim McGraw. Um, and I recognize that song. I do really like that song. Uh, that's from, I believe it's from Sundown Heaven Town from 2014. But uh, he wrote the number one country airplay single for Blake Shelton and Ashley Monroe, Lonely Tonight. And then d- 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 signed with Sony Music in twenty seventeen to release a forthcoming debut album, but he does have an EP that came out in twenty seventeen. His first single, titled We Do Us, has received over two million streams on Spotify. He's uh, featured on Rolling Stone Country's Artists You Need to Know List and CMT, named him one of their listen up artists of twenty sixteen. He's toured with Chase Rice, Thomas Rhett, and Maren Morris. Uh his debut single was Love in a Bar. And it looks like he has a new single as of last year, 2018, To a T, which, unlike the other two, charted on U.S. Country on 42. Sorry, 40. 42 was the airplay. Then we have Bill Kirchen. Uh, He's an American rockabilly (laughs) guitarist, singer-songwriter. He was a member of Commander Cody and his Lost Planet Airmen uh, from 1967 until the mid-'70s. He is known as the Titan of the Telecaster for his musical prowess on the guitar. He was born in Connecticut, but he grew up in Ann Arbor. He met a folk singer named David Siglin, Siglin, longtime manager of local folk music venue, The Ark, and joined the local folk scene, learning to play banjo and guitar. Oh, he's reported to be one of the musicians that pioneered the Americana radio format and is a founding father of the Twangcore movement, which includes David Alvin, Wilco, and Big Sandy and his Fly Right Boys. Do you know what that means? What? The twang movement? Twang core. The twang core? What is the twang core? I don't know, and it doesn't give me a hi- hyperlink. Let's uh, let's take a little detour. Twang core.
1: Let's see what the um, Google box does for us?
0: Unfortunately, it's not, it looks like twang core. Uh, it's giving me... Yeah, twang core is... uh Oh, oh, oh here we go. For the, the entire first page, there's an artist called twang core, so it was all results for that. Uh, Oh, well, that's helpful. But it's tied to Americana. Uh, This comes from the LA Times. A twangy alternative to Nashville's ghosts. As Nirvana was, on one level, the noisy answer to the FM polished Bon Jovi-like rockers, so a new movement of young musicians has dismissed Nashville's buffed and manicured country sounds and reclaimed its roots with gusto. No Depression, a magazine that follows a movement variously described as alternative country, Americana, twangcore, and even Y'alternative. Okay. There we go. That answers the question. So, Twangcore is just another term for Americana. Let's see. Um, He's had several of them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven albums. Uh, So far, released between 1994 and 2016. Won several awards. Uh, Jim Lil. uh, He's from Portland, Michigan. Uh, he's best known for his YouTube channel where he makes guitar videos. He has been part of the bands of country artists Josh Thompson, Josh Grayson, and Craig Wayne Boyd. Uh, Wade Maynard, uh, passed away in 2011, was an American country singer and banjoist. Uh, he was part of, he was the forerunner of the band The Sons of the Mountaineers. He's credited with bridging the gap between old time mountain music and bluegrass, and is sometimes called the grandfather of bluegrass. In addition, he innovated a two-finger banjo finger-picking style, which was a precursor to modern three-finger bluegrass styles. Uh, he was originally from North Carolina. However, he uh, it looks like he ended up... He passed away in Flint, so I think it was his later life he ended up living from Michigan. So he's not from Michigan, but he is—he was a Michigander by the end of his life. Yep, 1953, he and his wife settled in Flint. Uh, Marcel. Uh, I mean, that's... What they go by professionally. Uh, Their country music singer, songwriter, music video director, signed with Mercury Nashville in 2003, released his debut album You, Me, and the Windshield that year and charted the Billboard Hot Country songs chart with the single Country Rock Star. Five years later, he released the single I Love This Song. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, it just makes me think of I Love This Bar. Mm. Uh, He's directed several music videos, has written charted singles for Josh Grayson, Trace Adkins, and Jessica Andrews, to whom he is married. is... I love
1: that song. Isn't isn't that um Oh my god this no
0: that's a different song. That's right, uh that's, that's not play song. it again yeah by Luke Bryan. I really like that song actually. Gives me hope for my personal life. Anyways. So he's he's <laughs> from he's from <laughs> here we go. Michigander, hopefully not mispronouncing it. I mean I highly doubt I am, but if it's the real name that's kind of a sad name for a town. Gross Point, Michigan. But it's spelled it's G R O S S E P O I N T E. This sounds uh, that's that's that that that's that that's that French influence on Michigan.
1: Man, that
0: city sounds pretty nasty. Sounds, <laughs> pre- sounds pretty <laughs> on point. So the next word, Tegan Marie, is by the way younger than both of us. She was born in two thousand three. She's younger than my youngest cousin. Anyways. She is oh she's notable for being she signed to Warner Music Nashville at age thirteen, so she is the youngest female singer to sign to a major country label since nineteen seventy two. Uh, she is from Grand Blanc. Grand Blanc, I always it's mess Grand up on Blanc. That. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, which is a suburb of Flint for those of you that are that's... not Michiganders. But yeah, she's that's, that's she started awesome. she started out by doing covers of uh, songs like Florida Georgia Line's Holy. Uh, other artists, Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, um, basically she she was, a, she was a YouTube cover artist that gained enough notoriety to sign to a label. Awesome. On a trip to L.A. to meet with Sweetie High ex- executives, she also met and sang Love Me Like You Mean It with Kelsey Ballerini. Uh, she released her first single in 2016, Lucky Me, uh, which proceeds of the sale were used to benefit children affected by the Flint water crisis, which is cool. She also performed at a Flint benefit show with Granger Smith. Uh, May 2016, she opened for Hunter Hayes on three dates on his tour. Uh, she re- officially released a cover of Florida Georgia Line's "Holy."
1: I guess that's somebody that you guys should be. Uh, uh,
0: she's looking and at. She's yeah. fellow Michigander. Yeah. yeah go, Tegan. This is RJ, Ash, Ray, Brandon, Brandon, Harrison, and Bronson. We host a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Realms & Nerds. Some highlights of our show include wreaking havoc in every town we visit, blowing up hot tubs, killing off fan-favorite characters, high necromancers, inappropriate wedding etiquette, and every now and then, actually good storytelling. Join us in the realms of Pridia for fun fantasy adventures. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever you get podcasts. Alright, then Dan John Miller... He's an American singer, songwriter, and actor. Uh, He's from Detroit. He's currently the guitarist and lead vocalist for the gothic country garage band Blanche, I believe it's pronounced. I don't know. He made his major film acting debut in the film Walk the Line, playing Johnny Cash's guitar player, Luther Perkins. So if you've seen Walk the Line, he plays Luther Perkins in that film. Have you seen it? I, I own the movie, yes. Oh, I haven't okay. seen all of it, but I've seen parts. It's a of good it. movie. It's it a is. real good movie. Yeah, I mean, it's based on Johnny Cash, and right. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix actually did a really good job doing renditions of oh, Johnny yeah. Cash, which is it's crazy because apparently he was having a hard time like getting that, getting the like, getting uh, the like the, the really low kind of yeah stuff. until like like just before then it just clicked. Like I was reading a story about that, but uh, let's see, Jeremy Porter, he's a guitar player, singer, songwriter from Marquette. Wow, he's from the UP. From the UP, all the way up in Marquette. Um, he currently lives in Plymouth, near Detroit. Uh, he's the founder of the Detroit-based band Jeremy Porter and the Tucos and co-founder of the Regulars, considered one of the first punk bands in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I'm going to have to check them out. Okay, so he was actually born in Alpena, uh, and then he moved to Marquette, where he grew up, and now he lives near he lives in Plymouth, near Detroit. He also was in bands called Shoots and Ladders and Slugbug, uh, in the late 80s uh, and in 2000 clashback which is a celebration of the music of the clash rather than a tribute band because they didn't try to look act or sound like the clash but they played songs by the clash uh the off ramps and then yeah he's done uh, he's doesn't i can't tell like the country specifically but apparently he's tied to country music uh then we have johnny powers He is from Detroit, East Detroit, born in 1938. Uh, He's an American guitar player, singer, writer, and producer specializing (laughs) in rockabilly. He's best known for his 1957 recording on the now-defunct Fox Records (laughs) label entitled Long Blonde Hair. I feel like I've heard that before. Probably.
1: But it's like I can't think of the tune. Then we
0: have Trevor Rosen, American country music singer. Oh, that's right. I, I... I know this, I, I, mean, I don't know him, I never met him, but I, I saw them live and they mentioned that he's from Michigan. Uh, Trevor Rosen, he's part of the band Old Dominion. He plays guitar and keyboards.
1: Oh, Old Dominion's really good too.
0: He's from Woodhaven, um, which is a suburb of Detroit. He's written several songs. He wrote Neon for Chris Young, the title track of his album Neon, uh, Fade Into You by Sam Palladio and Claire Bowen, or at least he co-wrote. Uh Fuzzy for Randy Rogers' band, Taste of Your Love, Do West, Wake Up Lovin' You, Craig Morgan, Better Dig Tube, The band Perry, Tipsy, Jake Owen, Come Back to Me, Keith Urban, Say You Do, Dirk Spentley, Really Shouldn't Drink Around You Blake Shelton, Sangria, Blake Shelton, I like that song. And then and several Domili- like old Dominion Dominion songs, most notably break up with yeah. them. Also Nowhere Fast, Beer Cannon, Truck Bed, Wrong Turns. Scarecrows from by Luke Bryan. I met a girl, that's a good song by William Michael Morgan. hmm Um I Hate Love Songs for Kelsey Ballerina. That's a good song. I like that one. But anyway, so he's the keyboardist for Old Dominion. He's done some songwriting too. Uh, Daniel Joseph Schaefer, American pop, country music, and Christian singer, guitarist, songwriter, and actor. He's from Mount Pleasant. So basically just a little bit east of uh, where I go to school. He was prominent in Detroit in the 70s, Nashville in the 80s and 90s. Steve Scott. American country, American a musician. It says he's from New Jersey, but uh, at least attended school in Michigan. So I'm not quite sure. Apparently, he lives near Detroit. That's what I'm saying. Like De- Detroit and Michigan in general is really kind of coming back up as a, a music center. Not especially the Detroit area, but it's obviously it's not as much country. It's more uh, a little bit of hip hop and some rock. Mm. Uh, Steven Seagal more notable for his acting i think steven seagal is a country artist is <laughs> an american actor producer screenwriter martial artist and musician who holds american serbian and russian citizenship uh oh by the way he was born in lansing Uh <sighs> i mean, obviously now he lives in la now, let me see let me find the let's see hollywood career themes and motifs other ventures music let's see in addition to acting in Aikido, which I think is the martial arts, he also plays the guitar. Songs have been featured in several of his movies, including Fire Down Below and Ticker. Who, Fire Down Below? There was a Raina Travis did a song for that. I actually know that. Among his extensive collection are... Wow. Good job, whoever edited that Wikipedia. Among his extensive collection include guitars previously owned by, quote, the Kings, Albert, B.B., and Freddie, as well as Bo Diddley, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Buddy Guy, Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters, Jimi Hendrix. (laughs) So he owns guitars all previously owned by them. Oh, there it is. Here's the connection. In 2005, he released his first album, Songs from the Crystal Cave, which has a mix of pop, world, country, and blues music. Duets with Tony Rebel, Lieutenant Stitchy, Lady Saw, and Stevie Wonder. The soundtrack to his 2005 film, Into the Sun, features several songs from the album. He did another album called Mojo Priest which seems to be blues-related. So, yeah, the more you know. Boom,
1: boom, boom, boom.
0: And then uh, J.D. Souther, he co-wrote songs recorded by Linda Ronstadt and the Eagles. He's from Detroit, but he was raised in Amarillo, Texas. He wrote Run Like a Thief, which was recorded by Bonnie Raitt. Yeah, he co-wrote some of the biggest hits for the Eagles, including Best of My Love, Victim of Love, Heartache Tonight, and New Kid in Town, and How Long. He scored his biggest hit in the 1979 song, You're Only Lonely, collaborated with James Taylor. Yeah, he's released several albums. Uh, June Webb is a former American country music singer-songer, okay, probably passed away. This this is a very small Wikipedia page, so I don't know. Uh, notable for the song Looking Glass, and was dear friends with Chet Atkins. Uh, rose of fame in the early 50s, led a brief 11-year career in the country music industry. She particularly experimented in the honky-tonk side of country, but varied to gospel. She played the violin and the guitar, was a talented instrumentalist. Webb was an inspiration for Loretta Lynn, who later used Webb's main line of her song in her song, Before I'm Over You. Uh, She was from Lance, Michigan, which is uh, in the northern county of Baraga. I had actually never heard of either of these until just now. Uh, Another band. Whitey Morgan and the 78s. They're actually fairly new. They're from. They're based in Flint. Uh, in 2010, they signed a recording contract with Chicago-based Bloodshot Records. They started under the name Whitey Morgan and the Waycross Georgia Farm Boys, which the, the lead singer Whitey Morgan's actual name is Eric Allen, apparently. So they've been around since it, it seems like 2007. They performed on NPR's Mountain Stage in 2010, an episode that also featured Scott Miller, Gene Watson, and the Steel Drivers. Joy Williams... Four solo albums and four EPs since her self-titled debut in 2001. She was half of the Civil War's duo from 2009 till 2014. She's from West Branch. Um, That's kind of close. She was born there, but she was raised in Mount Hermon in Santa Cruz County, California. Yeah, she's released several albums. Joel Williams by Surprise, Genesis. Every moment, the best, Joy Williams, one of those days, songs from this, songs from that, more, I ask for celebrating Christmas with Joy Williams, we mapped the world, Venus, front porch. All right, now to the part that we've all been waiting for, artists that most of us would recognize, and these are, from my understanding, all artists that are from Michigan, so let's get the one out of the way that everybody's probably thinking about, Kid Rock, kind of a blend of rock, hip-hop, and country music. But he is from Romeo. Romeo? Ro- probably Romeo, Michigan. And now we have Uncle Cracker is from Michigan. I did not know Seriously? that. Yeah, he is from Mount Clemens. Wow. So under personal life, while the ties that we make. By the way, uh, Matthew Schaefer is Uncle Cracker's actual name, so that's, that's why it says Schaefer. So Schaefer was born in Mount Clemens, Michigan in 1974. With his brother, Mike Schaefer, he visited a nightclub in Clawson, Michigan, where a turntables competition was occurring. His older brother was competing against a then unknown musician, Kid Rock. Uh, Schaefer soon became friends with Kid Rock, and those times he was mainly rapping. I think most notably, at least to my part, he's known for, you know, the smile. He kind of more of a um, Kenny Ch- not quite exactly. Um, he's collabed with Kenny Chesney before, for sure. Uh, he's also known for doing kind of like the island, influenced music like Kenny Chesney and Jimmy Buffett do, but his seems to be a bit more hip hop than Kenny Chesney. Uh, and then we get to Paul Franklin, multi-instrumentalist known mainly for his work as a steel guitarist. Part of a member of Barbara Mandrell's road band, he's toured with Vince Gill, Meltellus, Jerry Reed, Dire Straits. I guess this one, I guess he's probably not as well on it. I knew who he was, but uh, that's he's a session musician, primarily. Uh, so now a lot of people know who that is, but a such, so a such a musician for those who don't know, they're artists that come in and record on albums, uh, but they are not part of the recording artist band or lineup or what have you. They are, they're part of the label. They, they work for the label. So they work on different albums by artists all under the same label. So, anyways, Paul Franklin has played on more than 500 albums. Uh, he has been named by the Academy of Country Music as the best steel guitarist on several occasions. In addition to the pedal steel guitar and the lap steel guitar, he plays the dobro, fiddle, and drums, uh, as well as three custom-built instruments called the pedibro, the box, and the baritone steel guitar. Uh, he's notable for bringing multiple musical innovations to the country music scene. So that's primarily what he's known for. But uh, He's worked with acts including Mark Knopfler and the Dire Straits, Barbara Mandrell, Rodney Crowell, Nodding Hillbillies, Sting, Peter Frampton, George Strait, Alan Jackson, Faith Hill, Shania Twain, Barbara Streisand, Reba McIntyre, Patti Loveless, Kathy Mattea, and Megadeth. <laughs> that last Megadeth. one. Megadeth. That last one. Okay, <laughs> that, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> All right, we got three more artists. So this one, um, I know who it is, but it's more. She's more of an up-and-coming artist, as far as I know. Uh, uh her first album came out in 2012. And then her second album came out in 2015, but it's uh, Jaina Kramer, and she's from Rochester Hills. Oh, she speaks some German. That's cool. <laughs> but anyways, so she uh, has two albums, a self-titled one, and then uh, her th- her second album is called 31. The, these albums have produced seven charted singles on for her on hot country songs and country airplay, including the top ten hits, Why You Wanna and I Got The Boy. I really love the song, I Got The Boy. That's such a good song. I love it. And then here's another one that he, another artist I didn't know was from Michigan Josh Grayson he was uh, the fourth place finalist on second season of American Idol. his newest release is nothing like us or the newest charted single from two thousand seventeen uh and then last but certainly not least the one that i that f- the first artist that comes to mind for me when I think Michigan country artist is Frankie Ballard his last album came out in twenty sixteen el rio uh it's the latest charted singles from twenty seventeen from El Rio called You'll Accompany Me. But I almost forgot. So the last art the actual last artist I'm gonna talk about here on Michigan country and related artists and you know people involved in the country music scene from Michigan we're actually gonna get even closer than any others. So this is um this is a hometown country artist. So this is somebody from Cedar Springs or at least from the, the general area. So this one, this artist isn't actually, this isn't a super well-known artist. I don't know if they ever released any other songs. I'm in a Facebook group for the the city in the general area. I'm actually in a couple of them. One is kind of more based on historical I stuff. I think
1: I know what you're talking about. I think I know who you're talking you about. I think
0: I know who I'm talking about in the song. Okay, let me see. Because mm-hmm. if you're not, then that's going to be learning for me. So who? what do you think it is? Well, I know that there's,
1: there's an artist who does pseudo-country stuff. Okay. Yeah. You're not talking about a to start you? you're talking about? A I'm talking. Song? I
0: am talking about an artist.
1: Do you mean Jesse Ray and the oh, Carolina Catfish? Oh no, I'm not. Catfish.
0: I was thinking about Jesse Ray, um, and the Carolina Catfish. So yeah, that's a, that's that's an, that's what I was thinking about bringing up. But I, I guess we can bring it up. So they're they're pretty they're pretty new. Um, we went to school with the. I graduated you, with yeah. That's right. I forgot he was yeah. You graduated them, and I was a couple of grades. I of his sister, but uh, the front man of that band. Um, Just they friends. granted they yeah. Well, yeah, Jesse Ray is uh, from this, the Cedar area, went to Cedar high school, but the band itself is, uh, said to be from Grand Rapids. I think that's just because it's so people recognize like that's more of a general area, but also, I mean, it's a band and that's different than this artist is from this small town or whatever. So no, that wasn't the one I was thinking of. This one, it definitely would not even close. No, no, this isn't like somebody we know. At least I don't think I know. Okay. No, like I said, I'm part of. I don't like. I don't remember which group it's from. I'm part of uh two Facebook groups about Cedar Springs, and one is one is just it's like uh, about uh, like community stuff, and one of them is more of a historical thing. And I think this post came from that one. And It was somebody that was asking about like anybody know any other artists like da da da. So I I put like a little bookmark in it. They had, they put a link to the song.
1: Come on, man, you got me excited. Let's go.
0: And so. I'll play a little bit here for you. So, like I said, I don't know if they've released any other singles. I don't know if they're actually from Cedar Springs or just a general area. Um, but it's, I believe, probably, given the uh, the subject matter, if I'm remembering history right, it's going to be 60s or 70s. Uh, so the song is called Fight for Our Rights in Vietnam. Vietnam. Uh, which, by Vietnam. the way... Interestingly enough, well, this is why I'm not sure which way it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, it's Vietnam is... Two words in the song title, like Nam is a different word than Viet. I don't know what's up with that. Um, but the artist is called it's uh, Carol Emery, and uh, this, like I said, this um, is older songs. From this is, I mean, the label isn't even. It's, it's Mike Records, like M I K E. So, <laughs> like, it, it, it's a very, local? it's a, it's a local thing. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know exactly where they're from. I'd have to find the post, and trying to find that post would be way too difficult but i did remember the song so i'll play a little bit for you here Okay, so it's Vietnam. I couldn't. I hadn't heard the song in a little while. Um, so I'll obviously, like all of our episodes, there's going to be a playlist that has all the songs that we talk about, or a song, a prominent song by an artist that we might mention in the playlist when that gets around. Uh, so you can find that on our YouTube channel, and you can find this song will be in that playlist for this episode. And you can listen to the whole thing later, Rail, Man. if you'd like to. I can link you the YouTube video uh, for it. That'd us be nice. Channel. He like. Doesn't is- it make you? Doesn't it make you think of like Hank
1: Williams Senior, kind of?
0: That yeah, sort that's of- what I was gonna say. the The weird thing is, so I'm, uh, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna. Let me see. Uh oh. Okay, that makes sense. So the war. I forgot. The war is actually like it started way earlier. Um, officially, according to Google, it started November first, nineteen fifty five. So yeah, almost like sixties, seventies, but late fifties. So that makes sense. So the quality and the style. Of the the recording, granted, this isn't also like a Nashville produced. At least as far as I know, it might be. I don't know when it, where it was recorded. I don't know anything about it other than I somebody posted about it in one of the groups I'm in on Facebook for the community, and like, hey, here local music from like long ago. And I was like, ooh, let me check this out. And I started listening to it. I was like, wow, this is like a country song. I was like, I like this. So that was like the whole. That's the whole thing for that. Um. But the, this, it definitely sounds way more like forties, fifties. So I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe just, you know, um, locally made and therefore the, the, the quality that they had was the technology prior. So it's going to have that like sound of a decade prior. Like, e.g., if like we recorded something, it would sound like it was recorded in by like a major studio label in 2009 and not 2019, something like that. I don't know if it's a case of like that. Or if that was a stylistic choice that they tried to emulate that sound. I don't know if it was because it was recorded at the beginning of the Vietnam War. Like I said, I know absolutely nothing about the song other than I had the link to the song on YouTube that somebody uploaded it. Actually, less than a year ago, that song was it, uploaded.
1: It really makes me want to like find that post and do some journalist work. See if I can't find the person who actually sang the song and... Yeah, maybe or yeah, that'd be really or, cool. or
0: a relation to them. That would be that would be a cool thing to do. But it, would, I I don't even like I said I don't even know if I could find the post. I don't remember like guess the it can't obviously it can't be super old. The video itself because that's the same video that they posted the link to is only it said uh, I think I saw underneath it said it was uploaded nine months ago. So there's no way that that post on Facebook is older than that. But still long enough ago that that's that'd be difficult for me to find. I think it was just somebody that found it and knew that it was a local thing. But I mean, that's a starting place for if you want to. Do that. But that's kind of a that was kind of a fun little thing that I was holding on to the end. Like, hey, there's actually a country song that was made by a, like a local artist that is known. Or, well, I mean, they aren't really known, but like, you know, there's a good old fashioned country song by a local person, which is really cool. I love that. Like when you find i I find as I get older, I get more and more interested, particularly in uh, my uh, local history. I think that's gonna do it this uh honestly, I didn't think it'd take as long to get through all those as I, as it would, but I mean, I should, probably should have recognized that from how long it took us and how far we got with the songs from you know the beginning the, the earliest song I could find tied to country music till we only got through the American Revolution and that span. But uh, anyways, uh, as we mentioned before in every episode, we both are part of uh, Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Uh, Ray, would you like to inform our listeners all about that?
1: Well, if you're in uh, the relative few that actually like Country and Dungeons & Dragons, we also have a Dungeons & Dragons
0: podcast that we do... With uh, a group of our buds, listen. Um, so we pander to all sorts of people. I'm sure there are people that are going to like a whole hodgepodge of things. <laughs> so there'll be people that like. If those.
1: anything, if you like, if you like nerds screaming into microphones about stupid, <laughs> you're your, or you you
0: like you like expert amounts of cringe. You'll you'll probably like it. That's a perfect opportunity for me to jump in right there. So uh, you'll you'll notice I bleeped a word out that Ray said there. Um, because this show is family friendly, and so we try, unless we're talking about something like I know I mentioned there was, uh, we talked about the genre Hellbilly, Billy, but in general, we're we're trying to keep this more family friendly. Our D D podcast, which by the way is called Realms and Nerds, is most certainly not that. Uh, I would not advise any young people to listen to the oh, podcast. Oh, oh God, no, um, there, no, yeah, there's 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 some content that isn't suitable. Mainly, it's just because some of the jokes that are made are. Uh, a little too raunchy for young listeners. And there's and, and there's definitely, uh, which kind of led us into that, a lot of swearing. But anyways, so... If you like um, tabletop board games, if you like
1: friends, if you like shenanigans, shenanigans, man. If you like Who fantasy, like comedy, adventure, dice rolling. And you can find it pretty much
0: anywhere podcasts are sold. That's right. Including... <laughs> YouTube, Podbean. You can find us on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts if you're looking at the app. Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Castbox, uh, pretty much any third party podcasting. All right, guys. Well,
1: this is the end. We're going to call it quits for today. We're going to ride off into the sunset. I'm uh, Ray, and that's <laughs> RJ. Don't do that.
0: That's me riding off into the sunset. Just yeah. don't
1: do that. We'll uh, talk to you guys again next time.